actors to places. Thank you, places. It's time to exit stage death. Welcome back to Exit Stage Death. As always, I am your co-host, Emily Martinez. And I am your co-host, Maddie Limerick. And these are the chilling true stories behind your favorite Broadway shows. And today, Maddie, 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 today we are going to be hearing some chilling, chilling, spoopy stories from the one and only Lindsay Heather Pierce. One of my um, most important role in my mind is uh, one of my best friends, but also has played, uh, recently has played Elphaba on Broadway in Wicked's Broadway and currently is touring with um, Mean Girls National Tour playing Janice. And Lindsay, say hi. Oh, I'm a best friend. I'm a best friend. (laughs) Hi, that's me. We are so excited to have you. Thanks for having me. I love, I, I really loved when, um, when Emily told me that you two were going to get together and make a podcast. I was like, thanks because I miss bloody Broadway. <laughs> See, I'm not I the really only one. It. I'm not the only one. Good. As do I, but I, I also am enjoying the rest I'm getting by not, right. I'm like, I do enjoy the fact that I'm not up hours upon hours upon mm. hours mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I like talking about this mm-hmm. with other people because I'm not as scared all the time when I'm talking about it with someone else <laughs> oh, oh my gosh I never you know I never really thought about that but um excuse me I'm burping up my um my protein bar because I'm a performer um I I, I never thought that <laughs> I I never thought that uh about the idea that like you would spook yourself out oh yeah yeah, yeah. that there makes are... a one that makes total sense <laughs> Yeah, it's, I've already got enough anxieties in my mind going that I'm like, ooh, Same. living on my own and writing about <laughs> true crime. Mm, maybe Mm-mm. I'm, maybe this one's not for me. <laughs> yeah, no way, no. It's, it's even why when I'm editing these episodes, I keep like one headphone off just in case someone's sneaking up behind me or. <laughs> That's me with podcasts. I've been listening to, yep. uh, I love that that Morbid podcast. Um, and oh, I, great. I had listened to it for like, an extended period of time during the pandemic. And I would walk around the very big town of Anaheim, California. And I would get like, <gasps> like I, <gasps> like someone would ride a bike mm. past me and I'd be like, I'm about to get, I'm about to get murdered. I'm going to get killed. Well, can um, I t- and, and I had to stop. And now I'm listening to it again. And I'm riding around these towns in, in states I've never been in. And I like, I just have to keep one ear open you should which you should by the way you should be doing anyway anybody that's walking around Mm -hmm. by themselves always at least have one ear pod out and or don't actually be listening to anything (laughs) we talk about these like hot quote-unquote hot girl walks where they're like i'm just i just put in my big headphones and i listen to affirmations number one the whitest shit i've ever heard and like (laughs) it's like i just listen to i just listen to like things that just reaffirm and like um, you know, my affirmations and I'm like, do not walk yeah. with noise canceling headphones. And they're like, walk through the woods. And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> absolutely not. Janet, no, don't do that. Stop no, it, Becca. If I've Never learned anything from Dateline, it's the girls that describe themselves as having a, a smile that lights up a room, you are going to be murdered. Like I have that, that, that and I'm afraid I'm gonna die. <laughs> The amount of times so. it's been like, you're just like, you're such sunshine. I'm like, don't say that. Don't mm-hmm. tell me that. Don't, because someone somewhere is like, your your new bedroom is the trunk of my car. <laughs> and I can't, I don't want to live there. 
Listen, we've all, we've all lived on ships and Maddie will live on a ship soon. And uh, yep. so we've, we've mm-hmm. gotten close to that, but we don't need to get It's natural. true. It's so no. true. Absolutely uh, not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. The A-P-P-P. Absolutely not. So, Lindsay, I know you got to play the green girl on Broadway, one of my favorite roles, favorite theaters. And I hear there are some spooky stories that you have for us from the Gershwin. I do do have a couple spooky Gershies. Um, Spooky Gershi stories. Um, (laughs) That sounds like, it sounds like a very artificial sugary yummy uh treat from the- Spooky Gershi. Spooky Gershi. Coming to Schmackeries. Coming to Schmackeries at a (laughs) Schmackeries near you. I'm, I'm definitely not the only person that has experienced things. Um, I wish that I could bring ev- every person that's dressed me um, into this call as well, because they've all had some things to say too. It's not like I've never been in the Gershwin and been like, there's an evil presence haunting me besides yeah. like the fact that I have to go play Alphaba and do that crazy job <laughs> but the um that's like Alphaba was my Alphaba was my demon um but no it was um uh when I first started uh there and the Gershwin's one of the it is the newest I think theater uh mm-hmm. bones wise it's mm-hmm. the, it's I think it was built in the 70s um and uh, it's the biggest house on Broadway and so it doesn't have like those pre-war mm-hmm. things like a lot of these other beautiful, beautiful theaters do and buildings and neighborhoods. Um, it's one of the, it's one of the newer ones. So you'd think like, you know, but also the seventies were a weird time. Everybody was a serial killer in the seventies. Mm-hmm. It was like a trend. And I don't say that to be funny, like genuinely. Oh How no. many freaking weirdos I were so out there many taking theories people's about lives. Why, yeah, I have so many theories as to why that time was particularly bad. And I'm well, like, I mean, parenting was <laughs> awful during that time. Also drugs and, mm-hmm. you know, and lots trauma. of, and war and trauma. And uh, there's so much anyway. Um, that's, this podcast is about theater. Um, get bent night stalker anyway. So we, um, <laughs> I, I get started bent night stalker. <laughs> new trend. Um, but the, the, when I started rehearsing, I started rehearsing in, uh, end of January, 2020 and I never felt anything. Um, and I think if I had, I wouldn't have noticed because I was so focused on like learning to play Alphaba, yeah. um, in this really big show. And then, uh, I debuted, I had my Broadway debut May 25th, 2020. And I distinctly remember this, it's very specific um, because May t- or May or uh, February 26th, 2020 was my second show. And I was having like, like a hangover from the first show. Like it was mm-hmm. so much the first show and then coming back into the theater. So I think like all my walls were down. Um, and when all my walls are down, that's when like my little fox ears are twitching. And I uh, I had all these flowers in this dressing room. And it, if you've ever seen photos of the of the Alphabet dressing room as it stands now, there's shelving uh, units on each side of the room um, that stop uh, before they reach a mirror or a door. And mm-hmm. I had vases, these different vases of flowers, everybody had sent flowers, cookies, you know, all kinds of really beautiful things for this huge momentous moment in my life. And 
there was one. So if I'm facing the mirror, my back is to the door of, of the dressing room. And uh -huh. in the mirror, I can see everything behind me. So I'm, I'm in the mirror. I'm like warming up. I'm stretching my neck. I've got my robe on. And just, I'm there early. I'm getting acclimated. My dresser at the time was a girl named Alyssa. She's not there anymore, but she, she hadn't even been inside to kind of like set the room up for me yet. I was there very early because I was nervous. Um, but I, I could, I heard this sound. I'm going to see if I can recreate it. Um, you know, the sound, it's like, do you know, can you hear that? Yeah. Like mm -hmm. the sound of something moving against like a, a drawer, or like a drawer, mm -hmm. like a dresser mm -hmm. or something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what is that? It's gotta be rats. Right. It's gotta be rats. It's always rats. New York, it's rats. Um, but it wasn't rats. I was like, I heard it and I didn't have my headphones in. And I looked around and I was looking through the mirror, which as some people believe mirrors are, mirrors are portals. Um, and I caught movement in the corner of my right eye and I could see on the right, like if you're facing, if you're walking through the door and you, you know, you have your arms outspread it's on your right side. And there's this, ow, there's this, uh, just, <laughs> just scared myself and banged my elbow into a table. There's a <laughs> shelf up there and there was one vase of flowers on that shelf and it was moving. It was like moving slowly, I'm but not like, myself. not like move, not moving as if it was about to slip off. It was moving mm -hmm. as if like a little cat was batting at it, trying to like knock mm -hmm. it off. Not saying that there's a, a ghost cat in the Gershwin, but the, if there was, God bless. Um, but truly, I, I watched it and I was like, that's gotta be like a weird shelf situation. And I looked down, I was like, weird, that can't be real. And then I looked back up and as I looked back up and turned my body to see if what I was seeing was real, the vase flew off, like literally flew off of the shelf, landed onto the ground, the flowers went everywhere. Thank God the glass didn't shatter because that would have been a mess. And I kid you not, 10, 15 seconds later, the door opened and it was Alyssa, my dresser at the time. And she was like, what's going on? And I'm, you know, down on the ground. I was like, ah, and picking up the flowers. And I was like, this just blew off the shelf. And she was like, like by itself. And I said, yeah. And she was like, yeah, stuff happens in here. And I was like, in this room specifically. And she was like, this room specifically, because there's a lot of energy in the alphabet room. Like there's a lot of things that have happened in that room. Like lots of people have come in and out and, you know, it's a big role and it, you know, it's a lot to take on mentally. It's like a whole thing, but also that room didn't use it. This is my theory. That room didn't just used to be the alphabet room. It used right. to actually be one huge room. That mm -hmm. is the elf. Now the alphabet and the morrible dressing rooms and that dressing room used to be one big dressing room. Um, back in the seventies. And like when queen performed at the Gershwin, mm -hmm. that was that there's a photo of them in that dressing room, which is like Freddie Mercury, give me all your mm -hmm. power. But, um, so I can only imagine what has like gone on before, you know, mm -hmm. the long, nearly now 19 year run of wicked, but I've had moments backstage, um, since then. And then obviously after that, a pandemic hit like two mm -hmm. and a half weeks later, we were all done. Um, but I know my, uh, the dresser that moved from the Glinda room to my room, Hannah Dowdy, um, had had experiences um, on that day. Her and Alyssa, my my previous dresser, were really good friends. And Hannah had walked in, and we started talking about the flowers. And she was like, "Oh, there was there was a day where um, a carabiner 
went missing. And the carabiner is the thing that clips Glinda Mm -hmm. to the bubble that keeps her attached to the bubble. And there's usually one or two carabiners. Now I'm not one of the dressers, so I could be getting these estimates wrong, but there's usually like a carabiner in the backup just in Mm -hmm. case anything goes wrong. And Hannah Dowdy, when I say that she's the best dresser, one of the best dressers to have ever lived, like so on top of it, not scattered at all, like born to be that structured. She's so on top of it. She like, she can feel you before you get into the room and know that you need this tea. And like, she's so good. And she was the Glinda dresser at the time. And she told me a story about how, and I don't mean to be telling the story without her permission, but she told me the story about how she had gone to, she put the carabiner on top of, you know, those little things that hang in a, um, in a closet that you can like put your shoes in. They're like little, like foldable things. She has one in there for all of the shoes for Glinda and some other, uh, bits and bobs. And she put the carabiner on top of it and had a distinct memory because there was a plastic bit on top that made a sound. She put it on top, went back, wasn't there. So she was like, Oh, someone must've moved it. Went around, asked everybody couldn't find it so they had to get the spare out went around went around an entire week goes by can't like and it's not on that thing goes in one day excuse me goes in one day and there it is sitting on top right where it was and she was like I know for a fact that it was not there because I checked it every day to make sure that I wasn't out of my mind. So someone had just been like I'm gonna have a little play time with that and I'll bring it back when I'm ready. This entity is just like you're not going on. I'm going on for you. Thank you. Yeah, no, like, she was like, Glinda's not flying today. But like, thankfully they had, you know, an extra Caribbean. Yeah. But I was, oh, it's things like that where like just little things would go missing or like um, there were moments where, uh, and I, like, this is, this is not a thing. Like there's three people that work on Alphaba at all times in that room, um, in the Alphaba dressing room. So like things can get scattered about and like explained away really easily because there's someone with a makeup station. There's someone who has to put their hands on the hair stuff next to you. You know, there's your dresser behind you in their own corner in the chair. And so like, it's very normal for things to just kind of get scattered about. But once everyone gets the routine, like there's, there's so much space that just doesn't get touched. Mm -hmm. And I would go in and like find things in different places and knowing that no one had touched them. And being like, God, maybe me and like my like truly like ADHD adult brain, like maybe I like warming up, picked up something without thinking about it and like put Mm -hmm. it on top of a shelf. But I know that I didn't just things like that. And then there were a couple times um, when we were rehearsing to reopen the show, Mm -hmm. um, I would be backstage uh, sitting sometimes like waiting because they stop and need to redo something with the ensemble or like fix a light or something. And there were a couple times where, and I wasn't in costume. Nobody was in costume. It was like our first week back. So I can only imagine how like creaky the theater felt because it hadn't had a lot of people in it for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And they must've been like, Hey, welcome. I don't know. This is, this is my theories. And I don't, I don't really know if I believe in ghosts, but I do believe that energy sticks around mm-hmm. and like what places yeah. hold more energy than theaters mm-hmm. and like all the, and not just like, Every not just different like kind that, of energy is in the theater. Yeah, like every, every different kind of energy. Every kind of, like, think of all the, the individual performers, the performance that you have to give, mm-hmm. like, the stuff that, because your brain doesn't know that you're pre- playing pretend when you're performing. So it's like, imagine, just imagine how much energy stays 
in a theater. Mm -hmm. um, and, and theaters don't, they rarely get torn down like a film set does. Yeah. So it's like, it's just one of those things. And I would be sitting backstage and I actually have, I'm going to text this to you, Emily. I have a video of me backstage with my witch hat on sitting, I'm stage left and I'm sitting on a bench, I think. And I zoom in to, uh, there's a mirror, like a full length mirror. And I wave at myself and I like mm -hmm. posted it on my, on, on like my close friends. Yeah. Nothing is, nothing is in that video, but it's distinctly on this day. Me and freaking mirrors. That's what I'm saying. The, the mirrors. It's like, it's like, I'm like, caught. I know I have to be stopping so vain. Um, but looking I, at yourself. I know, I swear to God. Um, <laughs> I probably think this podcast's about me. Um, I, I have this distinct memory of like taking that video, putting my phone away because I didn't want someone to think that I was like illegally filming something. And um, I was in like a little romper mm -hmm. and I felt something like tug on the back of me. And I yeah. thought it was one of our, like one of our castmates. So behind, and I was like, oh, weird. There must be something behind, like it must be something I've caught on. There was nothing behind me to catch my, my dress on or like my, my romper on. And I have um, really distinct experiences of, and these could, these could all be like extremely explainable phenomenons, but like- Not here. Of, we don't explain walking, anything. We walking across- walking across this, this, the theater with that stage light, yeah. um, with that stage light on the sounds of footsteps walking next to me or behind me extremely like vividly. And there's no one there. Like you mean or like the are, ghost light was the only thing on? The ghost or... light's the only thing on in the theater. Oh yeah. Like, and, and footsteps walking either behind me or beside me and there's no one there. And if there is someone there, they're like, they're not on the deck. They're like yeah. on the other, they're, they're on the part that's not on an incline. Like they're not making steps on the boards. So there's just been so many, ooh, there's been so many moments. And the Gershwin's not the only theater that I've had uh, supernatural experiences in. It's just the most recent one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, it just, there's just so much. And I know I'm not the only person. So truly, I, I would say the Gershwin, I wouldn't say it's haunted, but I would say that there's many a visitor there. Mm. And that. definitely Ooh, like, I love that. definitely, definitely there, there, there's energy there that has mm. not uh, been able to go out. Also the Gershwin's one of those theaters that doesn't have windows. Yep. Yeah. So there's not like a lot of like space for things to exit. Mm -hmm. Things mm. get stuck inside. Cause I, I call it a little cave. Yeah. A lot of like, like the Walter Kerr has windows, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and like, like all mm -hmm. these other amazing theaters mm -hmm. have like windows that they can open. And that's why a lot mm -hmm. of people can have plants. But at the mm -hmm. Gershwin, it was like, you can't have any of that yeah, because um, there's no light. There's nothing outside that can come in well, in the or theater, inside that can go out. In the theater itself, it's like the Minskoff and the Marquis where they're like the newer ones. So they're, or they've been newly renovated. So they're all very stark mm -hmm. and gray. Uh, and again, yes. their interiors, because I believe the story about the Gershwin too is when it was turned into a theater is that it was a parking garage prior to that as part of the building underneath. I think you're it. right. And so, because there are, well, it takes up an entire city block that it theater. does i mean it's it's, big. it's massive and it you know it's it's because you go in and then go up and then you keep going up and then if you up especially up up. if anybody's never been the backstage side uh because like i sold merch there so we were in the rehearsal room that you know that little office the back side of yep. yeah yeah and so but it's just it's wild but it's also just thinking about the like the shows that ran there because you've got like sweeney todd ran there um correct 
Starlight Express. Hello, Two Dolly. Uh, yeah, one of was the. It Hello, no, was it Hello Dolly or Oklahoma? It was Oklahoma. Oklahoma. And it was, I've got it right in front of me. It's Oklahoma, and it's got two productions of Showboat. Um, Showboat. Two, That's the one. Like major yep. ones. Yeah, because it's got the. And it had Pirates of Penzance uh, after it transferred. Oh from my the public. God. It had the 1980s Mame revival. Like Riverdance wow. had a long time run there. Um, the RSC. There was a weird 80s Singing in the Rain revival. Um, Meet Me in St. Louis. Bugs Bunny performed on that stage, technically. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's. it's the, the Gershwin is such a candide with Kristen before. Uh, or not, mm-hmm. not with Kristen, um, uh, but Candide but, in the '90s. Yeah, it was yeah. on the, the on the town revival in the '90s. Like it was, mm-hmm. a sp- like it was a space. It was a spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's wild. It's so wild to think of anything there except Wicked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I can't. I would, is Wicked is Wicked the longest running show? It's had. Yes, Probably. absolutely. I, I was going to say because it's it's been there for this year. Will be 19 years. Mm-hmm. Most of the shows ran a year to two years. At most, Showboat mm-hmm. ran three years. Everything else was six months a year, six months a year. They mm-hmm. were all like limited runs. Because mm-hmm. I believe that uh, it's where the Tonys used to take place almost every year because it was the biggest venue um, mm-hmm. in, in the late 90s. Um, it also looked like it was a place where a lot of, uh, a lot of show, like the... Um, Place people that want to do residencies came and were at the Gershwin for a month or two. Linda Edder did like three months yeah. there. Like it's I mean, it's, think about think about um Queen playing there. Like mm-hmm. it was it was so mm-hmm. big. I think I think the seat count is 2173. Yes. Is that right? Something yes. like that? What but, 73, 76? I think, but Wicked only because there's a bunch of seats that are partitioned off that were added for Starlight Express because yes. of all the because it's also wild if you've skating. been in there. If you've been in there, you used it's to huge. get the ensemble would be launched from the mezzanine down tracks onto stage when it expanded from the West End, which a lot of me I always, a lot of me I always said that place just has energy because literally all of the like it, like imagine the energy of the compounding and uh like falling the land stories and the like it's just and the people that have come through there, like that was Jane Krakowski's Broadway debut is in the house. Oh, like yeah. you've just got yeah. so many just people and energies and things that have come through there that is just yeah. wild. Yeah. And it's like, it's really where it's the home of Wicked. I mean, mm-hmm. you go and you see it, like I've seen Wicked on tour and it's, Wicked on tour is like obviously incredible, mm-hmm. but you go to the Gershwin and it really does look like the stage is growing yeah. out mm-hmm. Yeah. on into the audience mm-hmm. and it's like the 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 vines and the tendrils of mm-hmm. oz are bleeding it's almost like being in the upside down like you, yeah. it's like you go mm-hmm. you walk the minute you walk into the theater you are in oz and it's not just in the theater the actual like auditorium mm-hmm. space it's the minute you walk in there's a fallen house and then mm-hmm. you go up and it's green and it's mm-hmm. welcome and it's like the map you're like, like in the yeah land. and i think yeah. there's like a there's a there's a um what's it called uh, as you exit it, it's something like back to reality or something yeah. like that. Like mm-hmm. as you exit mm-hmm. the theater, there's like a there's a like a slogan, and I can't remember because it's, it's been so like, long. It's literally been four weeks since I've been there. But it's like, it's, <laughs> but you also don't leave through that area, yeah. But you no, also don't, don't leave through no. that area. You get but you get to leave. It's yeah. almost like but. the Gershwin is almost like um, leaving like a ride, like an immersive, the yeah, an immersive mansion, experience. or like yeah. it's mm-hmm. it's leaving like the 
the big mouse. You leave with the ghost with you. Yeah. yeah, it's it's yeah. It's, you're literally leaving the haunted mansion. Like you may have mm-hmm. taken a ghost with you. <laughs> it's it is it, very reminiscent energy wise of it's a small world at Disneyland specifically uh, because you go in and out the building and it just feels like it's a small world like it is that but also yeah, very yeah. very haunted mansion but also because that show's going nowhere. Let's be honest, she's running. She's got she got at least another decade in her if not longer. They've got they've got they've she's got competing with to, that. Mm-hmm. They have plans to outrun some of the longer running shows. Oh, they're like, <laughs> they're like Phantom of the Opera. Hold my beer. I mean, but also I got, like Wicked could. Yeah, it, it well, could. I, it still I mean, holds up. If you, also, if you're if you are one of those people that watch the 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 weekly grosses that get reported on Playbill, which aren't not inflated, they are the true numbers. Like most, like honestly, when Phantom almost closed in the West End with COVID, I was like. Broadway probably will close, but on it because they've been yeah. at like less than half houses for 15 years. Like, I know, but I mean, that also it's happens, wild. but that also happens when you have broken even three years into your run. And so you're just, yeah. I, there was one of the producers that produced, uh, I believe it was Rock of Ages when I worked on that. And he was like, at that point, it was like 2009. And he, like, again, I don't want to be, be speaking out of turn for anybody. So this isn't official, but they'd sure. made back like $2,200. $2,500 per dollar they invested in a phantom oh and God. at that point and at that point he was like we put in like two million into phantom he like he and his partner and i was just like the producers that's, are but that's the kind of money of where it's people. like i will no no one will ever see that kind of money ever, except ever. people that are no. producers no mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. like true but truly also like wicked wicked recouped and mm-hmm, so fast mm-hmm, yeah and then mm-hmm. also um not to like to, to like talk about money but truly Can you hear me? Yeah, my, yeah, yeah, of course. There we go. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I think my AirPod decided to say, one of them was running low on battery. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> don't do that. Um, uh, but yeah, it, Wicked Wicked is so, it just holds up. It just holds up. But also, you know, like fa- like these are fan favorite shows. Phantom, like I can only imagine the mm-hmm. stuff that could go on in the Phantom Theater. Good mm-hmm. God. Lion, well, Lion, Lion mm-hmm. King also moved to a different theater, mm-hmm. but it was like, these long, long, long running shows, like I can only imagine the stories that people have. Like I've had, I mean, again, and again, in the Gershwin, like the footsteps and tugging and like, Mm -hmm. I've had, I've had moments where, and like, I just feel like theaters for spirits or energy. It's such a playground Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. you feel like you can get away with stuff because like, there's a, the play that goes wrong is the one, is the show that you're currently Mm -hmm. in. Like truly, Mm -hmm. like there's never, there's no such thing as a perfect show. Everything's going wrong all the time. And the audience will never know. Like, that's just, that's kind of like mm-hmm. the beauty of, and the stress of live performance. Yeah. But absolutely. like, they, like, I've had like, like, like little, like, like in my ear. And I, and I think someone's like, Hey, like something's going on. And there's no, like my dresser's over there or like, there's no one around, like just things like just little things like that. And mm-hmm. I had those experiences and in theaters growing up, like I was in, I performed in theaters in California that were pretty old and um, like just we. I, I have, I have people in my life that have had weird experiences at these theaters, like just weird stuff. Like, and, and you're like, is it, is it really, is it a haunting? Is it like a, is it an energy? Like, mm-hmm. is it, is it, is it like stuck energy that's like popping out somewhere? I mean, I don't, I don't know what the answers are. I just know that there's been too many people that have experienced it. Yeah. for it to not be not real whatever it is mm-hmm. like 
there's yeah. too much of it. The amount like doing bear at the Hayworth and in LA, the Hayworth is, is very old and it's downtown. And, and we did bear, which was a, a revival of the 2001 LA production. And Oh, there I know so hair. much going on. Oh, I know hair. <laughs> oh no, not not I, hair. Bear, 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 bear. Yes. Bear, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bear, no. hair. It, it was. Bear hair. It was. I had yet was... to do hair, and I would really love to do hair. And I feel like Emily's done hair enough for all of us. Maddie <laughs> um, <laughs> did hair with me. Let's, let's did, all do no, hair again. Come honestly, on, let's all do hair. in a moment, I directed hair right before I worked on your production of hair. I'm like, I will do it, but I also I'm like waiting to do bear because like mm-hmm. it. Like, thank, cause like it was my queer emergency. It's so good. Well, I went to Liberty University, which if anybody out there knows, it's Jerry Falwell's college, like conservative Christian university. Yep. Um, and I was a boy in the color guard. So that went over well for everybody. But I remember going to the Barnes and Noble <laughs> and looking through the like Attitude magazine, which is the old gay magazine. Yeah. And when Bear was first coming out, they had an ad in the back of every month that it was running in LA and when it was running in New York. And you could download mm-hmm. five songs from the show on the website and when i tell you i wore that cd that burn cd of those five songs out like i did a cabaret and sang all so grown good. up and it was like it was oh, just, i mean when i went to they AMDA, were an ivy oh, oh they were an ivy uh-huh. i love it well, well but it's also when i went to amda like every time they were like all right what's something you want to do i was like i want to sing roll of a lifetime because i could be peter from bear and they were like no and i was like why and they were like no we hate bear and i was like it's a wonderful show uh it is a wonderful show it's a wonderful show i was so excited i I don't really know it i need to know more i know i'm an Uh, awful musical theater no you're not (laughs) what i i hate i hate to say this because like i'm in this production but Mm -hmm. the production that i was in was pro shot and it's on Mm -hmm. youtube somewhere i know it's got me it's got casper (laughs) it's our my friend casper i mean it's so it's so very good. It. Um, it's just a great cast. And it's like, it's, it was filmed really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of people that are like, how is this a bootleg? And everyone's like, it was actually a pro shot. Like that yeah. was for mm-hmm. archival purposes. And then it somehow ended up on the internet. So, yeah. which honestly, thank goodness, because the amount of people that have messaged me and been like, especially during the pandemic that were like, I just mm-hmm. watched Bear for the first time. And like, I, I can't believe, like, this is so amazing. And it's just one of those shows that's like, it's, it's kind of, I feel like there's a lot of depart, like theater departments that do it. Mm-hmm. And then also not because it's like, it's intense mm-hmm. content. It's an intense yeah. show. And there's a lot, there's a lot of like trigger warnings and mm-hmm. there's a lot going on in that show, but man, doing, doing a revival. Um, and it was, I was actually just talking about this with a castmate here at Mean Girls who knew Damon Intrabartolo. Um, Damon Intrabartolo was the original, mm-hmm. uh, like essentially creator of Bear. Mm-hmm. Um, He's, he was very, very talented and it, he, gone too soon. And addiction yep. is a horrible, horrible mm-hmm. disease. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we, we did bear uh, the summer of 2013, which was the year that uh, uh, gay marriage became legal mm-hmm. in, uh, in California. And uh, so there's a line in the show where they, uh, in act two, Sister Chantelle is marrying um, Jason and Peter. And she goes, that's, you know, if anyone would like to say why this marriage should not take place, speak now or forever, hold your peace. And everyone looks at the audience like, what, you're going to say something? She goes, oh, that's a surprise. Where are we? And the line, I think, is like Michigan or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like it was somewhere else and uh, somewhere where it was like already legal. And we got to say California. And it was really, really cool. That. But that was also about three days before we opened, Damon passed away. 
So there was like a lot of, and we were all very young and very in love with the show and very in love with each other. So there was a lot of energy in that theater and we would stay there really late because we had the keys to the theater. Now this is like not something that happens in normal professional theater where like your production gets the keys to the theater. Um, We normally, the the theater, if I could be mistaken, but normally the theater would be opened by like a worker of the theater, like someone, Mm -hmm. yeah, like someone who like uh, Mm -hmm. the manager of the theater. We had this like sort of, access to the theater in a way that we normally wouldn't now that being said there was a day where we got locked out of the theater we were supposed to be there for rehearsal (laughs) and we couldn't get in and the person that had the key uh couldn't get to us like the the person that worked for the the Hayworth itself couldn't get to us so we were just like I guess it's like we all were all out there (laughs) everyone was like I guess it's canceled and I remember we all drove back in from downtown LA to to uh, Hollywood where a couple of us were living and we just like saying bear songs in the kitchen while drinking wine because that's like what you do I guess when you're a theater kid and uh, I'll wow. never forget yeah. that those were that was like that was one of those like I call them Polaroid moments like it was like mm-hmm. a Polaroid summer mm-hmm. um and Poor it was memories. a really really great yeah very very much so and it was the Polaroid summer was very vast and very strong and uh we rehearsed all through the summer and then I think we opened in late mid-August and went through I think we had like a six-week run so like August through September, because um, then I started to work at the Rockwell, which is a whole different story and needs its own <laughs> podcast, the Rockwell Table and Chairs, <laughs> Table and Stage, but we call it Table and Chairs, um, in LA was like its own entity. But um, the weird, the, the Hayworth had this really interesting layout that it was attached to another building um, that was like, if I'm remembering correctly, there was like a dance studio above like there was like built-in rehearsal spaces that we very rarely used um but you had to go th- a, like around and like up you had to get through it like how do I explain it there was a gate that would close over the front of the theater like the entrance and then there was another little gate kind of like almost like a New York walk-up mm-hmm. where like it was on the side but not necessarily part of the theater so you'd have to open that little like lock gate and then walk up a flight of stairs into this upper building area that was sort of the theater but not the theater necessarily there were bathrooms up there there was a couple studios up there um most like dance studios places with mirrors to rehearse and very long hallways and then on the back on the other end there were stairs all the way back down that would spit you out behind the theater where like people would go and do smoke breaks and like load ins and stuff. Um, and in that area, there was a really big cat, like the stairway was huge and cavernous. And this was an old building. This is like a pre-war situ. Mm-hmm. Like this upper building was pre-war. Hayworth was pretty old. Um, like talking like old Hollywood-esque building. Mm-hmm. And uh, so really beautiful windows and like light shining through. And I have a distinct memory of a couple of us sitting there on like a, like a lunch break um, on one of the very long like weekend days and singing a bunch of stuff from the show in like six part harmony and making it really weird and letting it float around. And so that memory takes me to the moment I was like, this place is scary, um, was there were a couple times where um, there was not a bathroom um, in the backstage area. There just like was not a bathroom. Mm -hmm. So we would either have to run out of the back door and then go up those stairs to run and use the restroom. 
Of course. Or if you if you were lucky to have your urethra attached to something you could hold with your hand, you could just pee like out in the bushes. Um, most of us were not that way. So a lot of us just had, you know, vaginas. So we had to like run up these stairs and I have this distinct memory. And I unfortunately was a character that did not have enough breaks in the show to like go and do that. So there was many a day where you were doing like the drunk person pee, where you were just praying Mm -hmm. that you could just go pee out in the bushes real quick and then run back in. I mean, it was, it was guerrilla theater at its finest. Um, it truly incredible work. I'm so proud of us. That that show got awards. I can't believe it. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> but we, um, we, there was so much energy in this building already. Like the Hayworth is is already a bit of a historical site, and like a lot of people have performed there, bands, residencies, shows, um, all kinds of stuff. Um, sometimes it would be used as a venue, kind of like the Virgil or um, or the Troubadour. Uh, for bands but it was more of a performance space for sure for like theater and and plays and not okay so not necessarily during a show but it was a bit it was a two-show day it was a Saturday and uh we all would nap on the stage we'd nap on the stage people would bring blankets and we'd all kind of like cuddle puddle on the stage um ah youth what was that like most, i don't remember most it the most shit the I've most beautiful <laughs> shit but, but also like but also there was nowhere to go so the only yeah. other bathroom was to walk off the stage and go into the lobby where there was one restroom like gender two different gender restrooms and um and we'd all like bring food or or someone would go and pick up food or we'd order food etc and it was one of those days where we were all sleeping on the stage and I was like gotta go pee and I for some reason I didn't take the very short distance to the lobby bathroom I went to the back and went up the stairs um and none of the lights were turned on but it was still daytime so there was all these windows that were pouring light through so I didn't think anything of it and mind you these let's talk about these bathrooms and I don't know if they're like this anymore but these bathrooms ooh wee up in this Hayworth imagine like 1960s orphanage school bathrooms like the sinks were really low they were kind of were they small. oddly small where you're like like oddly yes like oddly small like the tile had been there for decades not dirty but just like old and slightly decrepit like just a little spooky mm-hmm. and I went in went pee like did like you could tell I was peeing went to flush and then I heard this on the door no feet didn't hear anybody come in oh like Nothing. on your I was stall like, on my stall uh-huh. that, 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 mm, on my mm, stall mm, and mm. I was like oh my god but again me like I can get so out of focus in reality because I can I can I am like escapist dreamer I will go off to like the third dimension in thought and totally not be aware of what has happened around me it's gotten better with age but like yikes and truly I didn't see anybody come in and I couldn't see any feet below me so I was like someone's fucking with me like it's some they, they someone woke up and knew that I went like it's this whole thing and uh I was like haha very funny you know white flush pull my pants up opened and there was no one there and I still was like someone's messing with me so I like wash my hands and I'm like ha 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 don't don't stand like you know when you know someone's about to scare you and you're like do not jump out from behind the door frame and freaking don't do it don't fucking scare me and I just I kept like talking out loud to myself 
Now, mind you, when I tell you that this place was acoustic, that's why I told you about that story before, you could not pitter-patter without that sound traveling. I'm telling you, this place was made of wood and glass. Sound be bouncing. Bouncing, bouncing, <laughs> bouncing. That's what it's for. It's literally wood and glass, the most porous, gorgeous, sound-bouncing like mediums. Like I can't explain. So I knew whoever was there was hiding behind oh. the wall. Like, hi, I like just behind, behind the door me. frame. There's a wall behind me. <laughs> and I pop out. And I'm like, ah, no one. And I was like, immediately ran to the stairs to, that go to the front of the building, look down, no one. Immediately like race, no one. And when I tell you, you could hear my racing footsteps, like gung, 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 yeah. gung, gung, gung. And I was like, no. 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 And I'm not saying, it wasn't like in my mind, I thought, wouldn't that be crazy if someone knocked on my door so therefore I fabricated the sound? Mm -hmm. No, it was like, like, I need the restroom. Yes. And I I walked down the stairs and I was like mid-show. And Bear is not an easy show. Bear is an emotional Mm -hmm. roller coaster. So I was like, I totally didn't tell anybody. I was like, I, I made that up. That's a thing. I think I told my friend Casper and like a couple like drinks in, but that space, like I never went up to pee there ever again and only peed in the bushes behind mm-hmm. the theater from then on out. Or I would hold it and I'd be like, I will wait until that lobby clears out and I will pee in that lobby bathroom. Mm-hmm. Did it just feel like someone was like watching you? No, I just, once, once I get spooked, I won't return uh-huh. to mm-hmm. the site of the spooking. <laughs> mm-hmm. I will not return will not to the return. site of the spook. <laughs> I won't go to where, where I was spooked. I'll never go back. Um, by Gershwin it was nice to see you. Um, like, I like a true, like genuinely, it was just, it was, I kissed that stage baby. Bye-bye. Um, but I genuinely, that was just one of those things where you were like, absolutely not. Uh, no. And there's so many old, old venues in LA and that are just like, and a lot of the theaters like downtown specifically are vacant for a very mm-hmm. long time, if, if completely out of use. Mm-hmm. Like, the, mm-hmm. like if you go to Theater Row, it looks like, a, like, a, a, like an apocalypse has happened. Ooh, like I have to go next week. Yeah, it's yeah. something. I mean, it might be different now. It might be different now, like post, post-COVID or, or it might be like, not that it's bad, but like might be worse. But there yeah. was, I mean, there's theaters that have just like, like you're waiting for a tumbleweed to go by where mm-hmm. it's like, there's still some letters up on the marquee, but they're crooked and they're falling off. And like, mm-hmm. it's just like, it's like, it's, <laughs> it's like, the, yeah, it's like the end of great Gatsby. Um, yeah. it's, it's pretty wild, but those, those were like my, my really big, big ones that I had. I worked in a, um, in a theater in Merced, California, um, called the Merced, Merced Playhouse, I think it was called. And I did, uh, production of Beauty and the Beast and a production of Cinderella there. And I also think I did Seussical when I was like 12 there. I was one of the baby kangaroos. Of course. And, uh, and, oh, and I was, Seussical. and I was, uh, yeah. And I was a who at one point as well. And, um, and that, that theater was really spooky. Like not because it was like necessarily old, but it was, it just had a lot of dark pockets, which a theater mm-hmm. should have, mm-hmm. but it just was so always dimly lit. Like it was just one of those, mm-hmm. it was a black box type theater. And, um, and uh, the seats were, the seats were lifted up and you were on flat earth. So like there was never a bad seat in the house. You could see everything. Um, and there were bombs, not like, not like just like walk-offs, like huge, like 
like like pillar like bombs that you would exit and enter through and um i have i have a friend who has a really wild story about being up near where the uh, the band would be and like hearing someone talking behind him um but and i have another like um someone like tugging on my clothes uh it was when i was doing cinderella and uh with this person that actually had a word because that was the i think that was one of the only shows he did there and uh someone tugged on my skirt and like before an entrance and i remember being like don't stop like thinking it's someone messing with me and i was yeah. like and there was no one behind me and like no one like skittering away and things like things like i would be like sitting waiting for an entrance or like i would have time off so i would just be sitting backstage waiting and tapping on my shoulder or like like pull, tugging on my hair or like on my skirts and just little weird things like that where you're like it can't all be rats <laughs> it can't clearly, all be rats clearly it's not rats. energies that be are just like always pay attention to me Nancy. yeah i don't know it's just one and i and i feel like i feel like a lot of people in theater have little stories like this where it's just mm-hmm. like some like maybe like the the energy of people past are just like don't forget us you know or, or I don't I don't know I mean if you're trying to romanticize it just like remember remember your history but truly I mean some of it's also just like like that moment in the Gershwin I was like did you want me to leave <laughs> I'm sorry am I, in, I was like am I in your room whoever this is like what's going on um I, I hate to tell you this but my contract's in the long. <laughs> um but truly there's it's it's just a wild I think theaters are just rife with with energy and like, and even outside of the performing line, like people scorned and mm-hmm. deals gone wrong. And I mean, you hear, you know, like think about the booth theater. I mean, the shit that went down there, like there's a lot of stuff that's happened in theater because passions are high and money's involved. And, mm-hmm. you know, dreams you've got stake and dreams are at stake. And like, it feels like life and death because sometimes it is because that's what you're doing in the show. And mm-hmm. it's just a lot. So it's nice it's nice to talk about it with other people that have, <laughs> yeah. that have like had experiences as well. Well, and like regional and community theaters and even just like not-for-profit larger theaters in, in the regional sector, the people that work there, like a lot of the casts come and go, but like your core people, especially mm-hmm. the ones that are there year after year, year round, like they are imprinted on this space. Um, so they're the theater you know, directors, the yeah, lighting designers, mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm, the choreographers, mm-hmm, the people mm-hmm. that run the theater, the dressers, like yeah. all the, the costume departments, they're they work at that theater specifically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's and a lot of them years will, and years and years of work. Part of uh-huh. the dust that envelops yeah. it. Well, yeah. and a lot of them will like literally they will open a show and then die, or they will close a show and then die. Like they will be working on something as they pass because they are still it's not an intrinsic part of the community. And so they are forever imprinted in that space. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, like it's, it's just, it's wild, but also kind of what makes theater it's, it's to me, I think what always makes an effect just, especially when you're ingrained in a community and you want to keep coming back, but it's also like, you might be doing great theater, but it's also like, we're doing theater for free in a lot of situations, <laughs> working all day and then going back. Absolutely. It's like, what are, yeah. what are we doing? But like, you're like, no, we have to keep going back. It's good. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not good, you know, it's just one of those things that mm-hmm. it's, it just, you become part of it. Like it, there's something so incredible about theater that even film can't capture. And it's that, that scientific study where even like uh, heart re- heart rate and breathing will equalize to every single person in that room while you're experiencing a piece of live theater together. And there is 
literally nothing else like it because even at sporting events and stuff which is similar everybody's still on different different levels but like we're mm-hmm. all engaged and that's why no piece of theater is ever the same on any given night because it is different every night from so i was gonna say it's a living breathing now. organism yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and I, I i feel like a lot of us get asked that like if you've ever done if you've ever dipped your toes in multiple different mediums of performance whether it's like performance art or television, mm-hmm. film, you know, audiobook, like whatever, you know, recording, whatever it is, someone will always be like, you know, do you prefer this or do you prefer that? Which I think is a really interesting question. I get asked it all the time because a lot of people know me from theater or a lot mm-hmm. of people know me from television film and, and don't realize that my start was in theater or that, you know, that the crossover does exist and, mm-hmm. and it's a very wide crossover. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's one of those interesting questions that kind of, I think, comes from a scarcity mindset mm-hmm. of like one, you have to want one more than mm-hmm. the other because like mm-hmm. you must be constantly working for the thing that you desire the most. And the mm-hmm. thing that I think that people desire the most when you are creative is to create and to be around mm-hmm. other people that create and to keep birthing creations, which is again, energy. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and and like, like I had a lot of people when I left uh, Wicked, when my contract ended at Wicked and I went to Mean Girls were like, you know, do you feel like you've taken a step down to go do tour? And you're like, wait a second. No, 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 no. What is, you know, wait, a, hold on. Like all of this is, the, mm-hmm. do you ask community theater performers? Like, why aren't you on Broadway yet? I'm sure you do. Cause oh, I, I'll sure tell you what, working, mm-hmm. working on ships, Emily and I would always be like, why don't you watch Broadway? You're like, why don't we get on that? Um, <laughs> like, you're right. I I'm like, oh my God, happen. I never, I, I can audition for Broadway. I can just quote unquote do Broadway. Mm-hmm. I know. Oh, thank there you, was a, There was there was someone once that was like, why, why don't you do that? And I was like, what's Broadway? <laughs> I was like, I've never heard of it. Um, I was watching this girl on TikTok. She was is. just like, I think her name's Kara. She was just like, um, yeah, so many people always ask me like, do you do Broadway? And she's like, and now I just say, yes. Yes. Yes, I'm on I Broadway. Do Broadway. I do yes, Broadway. I do Broadway. But and I, that's the I end of the conversation. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's one of those interesting things where it's like, um, theater and its creation is so finite Mm -hmm. um and even in a long-running show whoever is as joe mantello said the steward of the character Mm -hmm. um it is a finite experience there is a beginning and an end to a contract and that doesn't mean that you'll never go not go back Mm -hmm. you know and maybe play the role again like a lot of people play roles multiple times but it's it is a finite moment and not and no day let alone show in a multiple show day will be the same mm. and uh i had um i had someone message me a couple months ago um when my dms were still open i've closed them because i can't <laughs> it's, it's too much i feel mm-hmm. i feel the need to respond to everything and it really gives it gives me a lot of anxiety when i can't and um uh someone was like you know, ever since you started making the big bucks, uh, you've stayed the same. And I was like, what big bucks do you think are in theater? (laughs) I was like, no, the big bucks are in television and film. If you're a series Mm -hmm. regular. Mm -hmm. Um, no, I was, I was like, I feel like, I feel like that's just one of those things where there's so much, and, and I'm not, you know, all of these tangents go to say like, theater is a passion sport mm-hmm. and and we do it because you love it and uh and it hurts us and then we when we can't be a part of it and then we yeah. do everything that we can so imagine all of the theaters like I, can you like the theaters that I get to be in 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 the production that I'm in now like 
I was in the Fisher Theater last year in Detroit, and that theater is so old and so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Talk about a pre-war city! Like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of buildings that were that were built before the stock market crash of, of the 20s mm-hmm. and of the 1920s, and you can tell you can tell how old the city is and how old the roads are, and like that this it doesn't really know what era it's in, and it's Motor City, so there's all of that as well, and like Motown, and it's it's pretty amazing, and. Um, didn't have any experiences there. Thank God. I think I would have absolutely pooped my pants. But um, <laughs> but it was it was one of those theaters where you walk into the lobby, like the lobby. The theater is what it's called the Fisher Building, and the theater mm-hmm. is just one thing inside the building, which is mm-hmm. extremely common for old theaters. Yes. Um, for like the theater to be attached to like a pharmacy, and then also a coffee mm-hmm. shop and a, a dress shop, and because uh, that was you would go there and get all your things done, and then you'd go and see a picture. Um, and that's just one of those things. It's just theater is so passionate and Mm -hmm. people who make theater, not just the performers, the people who can light the theater, the people that can sound design, the people that can be management and keep everybody safe and like make sure everybody's Mm -hmm. where they need to be and, and taken care of. And um, shout out to the stage managers, my God, company managers, the work that they do. Mm -hmm. I mean, to, to basically be, especially on a tour, I feel to basically be like, not to talk down to any performers, but to be like children wranglers. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like truly, because like to, to wrangle odd, odds of like 30 people mm-hmm. at all times and like know where they are and know how they're doing, like where they're staying and, and what they need. Mm-hmm. And like, are they sick this week? And why are they out? And like, what's uh-huh. the, like, what injuries do they have? If they call out, this is what might be happening. Like yeah. all, like it's, it's, I, I haven't even had that many relationships, let alone. (laughs) It's like one of those, it's like, that reminds me of like one of those like puzzles where there's like a piece missing and you have to like shift all the different Mm -hmm. like squares around until Mm -hmm. it forms the picture it's supposed to be. Like, I feel like that's what a stage manager and company manager's brain is constantly doing. And constantly. Couldn't be me. Couldn't, not my, not my skill set, not my favorite skill set. Not my, and and like, not my circus, not my monkeys, but their circus and their monkeys. Like it's bananas. And then to be, then to be like an assistant or to be somewhat like Mm -hmm. one of the stage managers that's on the ground, like at the Gershwin, for instance, there would be people that would be calling the show. And then there would Mm -hmm. be people on the ground on this, on the deck Mm -hmm. also calling the show. So I'm like, again, the energy, the crew, Mm -hmm. The amount of, think of all the accidents that could and have happened in theaters. Like Mm -hmm. it's just bananas. I know there's a theater somewhere in the UK where, um, God, is it in Scotland? I can't remember, but it's somewhere in the UK that um, there was a a woman, oh, please find this and do an episode on it. Please, please, please. I have to find what the theater name is so I can give it to you guys. But there's there's a theater of, and it's this beautiful old theater and a woman um, fell to her death from the mezzanine because she was in love with one of the lead characters and like reached out to him and then fell, fell to her death as a, as a, as a, as a, a, like a viewer of theater. Like imagine if you think that like theater people are in passion, think about theater goers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Look at the, look at the comment sections on bootlegs. Mm -hmm. People are passionate that's a word everybody's everybody's (laughs) got an opinion now uh that has no idea what it takes to make a show but they got a real passionate opinions well and i'm sure i'm sure you're i'm sure you're seeing it with mean girls i'm sure you're seeing it a lot with mean girls and sure with wicked because i know like i'm a huge fan of like six and i try to stay out of that 
online fandom, but I have friends who are yeah. in it. Uh, and like between that and Beetlejuice, just like watching the like the, the cyclical snake eating its own tail. It's, I know. It's, it, it's like its own, also, it's like comic books of how like mm-hmm. impassioned people have become. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I, listen, I think like passion is passion and, and, you know, like the subjectivity, if that's even a word, like mm-hmm. it, it is a subjective thing. And like, you don't have to be for everybody, but mm. the, the idea that there are people out there that are so hungry that they have to go and misplace their energy online mm-hmm. and like have, and have an opinion, whether I think that opinion is, is correct or fair or not. The fact that that person cares enough to even think about it. I'm like, well, at least you love theater. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I'm like, if, like the passion, like, like you said, not like that, the heart rate all like coinciding. Mm-hmm. There's a quote again, me and my like half ass truths, but there's a quote somewhere, um, about theater and it's from like it's from some like incredible theater actor i think he might be british i can't remember i'm gonna have to find it all the good and send ones it. are and you all can you can put are. it you can put it on the show yeah it's because they get trained so well and um you i'll put you can put it in the show notes but um it's they it it podcast the knowledge i know it's this it's the it's the the thing about theater is that you all come together and for three hours you dream the same dream mm-hmm and that's like, that's, that's ever since I read that quote, I was like dreaming the same dream. That's really mm-hmm. it. And I remember when specifically when, when we were reopening Wicked, like the reopening, the, the mounting of a show period is hard, whether it's like a new creation or not, but like reopening a, a show, like, like that's, that was hard work. That was very, that was intense, passionate, grueling work. And it was worth every, every second of it. It was worth every blood, every sweat, every tear. And um, the, those those final days, I just remember um, Kathy Fitzgerald, who was our reopening morable. You know, she was like, "How you doing?" You know, because it's a lot. It's a lot mm-hmm. to do, and it was a lot of pressure, and it was a lot of stress, but it was also exciting and you know, nerve wracking and wonderful. And I said, "I just want to give it. A, I just want to give it away. I want to <laughs> give it back. I just want to give it away. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hold this anymore. I feel like I'm holding something that mm-hmm. deserves to be given away, and I just want to mm-hmm. give it away." So imagine, like again, I'll just keep coming back to this idea that these theaters just hold so much energy Mm -hmm. that we can't even fathom. And theaters specifically, there's just so much passion that goes into it. Because again, I'll tell you what, until you're like an A-list celeb, you are not getting money when you're making theater. Mm -mm, No, You're not. Yeah. You're not. We do it because we love it. It's it's why it's so good that the film community and television community in, in New York has boomed the way that it has the last like 15 years. Because mm-hmm. like, it's why it's so exciting for so many of us to have something like the Gilded Age where you have like an, an amalgamation of like 45 Tony Awards in that first season between everybody. And it's not because awards are important, but it's because like how often other than going and looking at a bootleg, do I get to see Audra Kelly and Kelly O'Hara? Audra. Like, Everyone, Patrick Page, like yep. these heavy, Jenna Patrick, Benton, like, like heavy, yeah. yes, uh huh, heavy like, hitters. And it's like, it's it's also why I always like to say with people if they're going to make negative comments because somebody's going to if if they have not bought at least one theater ticket for every shitty opinion they want to put on a social media platform, don't say shit. If you are, oh, I'm going through puberty again. I'm so uh, so no, you're fine. Impassioned by this, but it's one of those things. It's like if. 
if you bitched and moaned about how long it took Broadway to safely reopen or mm-hmm. for your tours to come back to your, your city that plays one night only because you have a non-union house, like mm-hmm. all these things. It's like everyone here in Orlando where I live, everybody had a lot to say. And I was like, if you motherfuckers are not buying that thousand dollar season package because it is Beetlejuice, mm-hmm. six Hades Town and Hamilton and Wicked in it. Y'all better shut the fuck up. Y'all don't get to say anything. You get Mm -hmm. to say nothing uh, about what's happening because you also have no idea of it. So it's like, have your opinions, but you better put your money behind it. That's but right. it's also isn't wouldn't you agree that it's a lot easier to be to be reactive than proactive? Oh, I oh, that's oh, that's I think that I, I think that is something energy. I have. Mm-hmm. I think I have learned in these last couple mm-hmm. of years that reacting costs nothing, mm-hmm. and being proactive mm-hmm. uh, means you're going to lose a little bit of skin. Yeah. But mm-hmm. as as in the, the great show Hamilton, you got skin in the game. You're playing the game, yep. so. Put your skin in or shut the fuck up. True. <laughs> and and so, I, someone else said something where it was like, if you're not playing in my arena, you don't get mm-hmm. to say anything about what right. I do. You right. can, you're fully welcome to, mm-hmm. but nothing's going to stick because you're not yeah. playing in my arena. Exactly. Yeah. And that's very true. Like if you're not doing what we're doing, if you want to be, that's a totally mm-hmm. different thing. But if you're not, if you are not doing what people that create theater are doing, mm-hmm. you don't have to like it, but you mm-hmm. cannot say yeah, your opinion. Means really nothing. much else about it. But it's yeah. it, nothing. Absolutely it's so nothing. It's so true. So I guess, uh, Lindsay, just thank you so much for being with us today. We appreciate yeah. it. Oh uh, my gosh, you know, thanks. We, uh, we've, you know, over the last few years, we've seen more people than ever entering kind of the theater field and theater workforce and wanting to become artists and just the kind of college theater cult is booming between all of these schools and everything. Mm-hmm. what is just what is some inspiration or just some things that you kind of have to keep reminding yourself uh that someone could use for inspiration as they're kind of learning what it is to huff it because it is the most it can be the most damaging and, and hardest industry to exist in what are just mm-hmm. some things that you have to you keep telling yourself even when you're working to kind of help you keep going um well for those who are entering the college of it all um, congratulations. That's hard, hard work. And you deserve to put all of yourself into that. If college does not work out for you, that's okay. I didn't go to college. Um, and I still made it to Broadway, so it's okay. Granted, I'm a very privileged person who has walked in very privileged shoes, but like it is possible and it does happen every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, but I worked my butt off. So truly, um, I, I said this to uh, a Zoom group a couple days ago. They asked my advice and I said, if anybody tells you that there's not enough space for you, they're lying to your face. Mm-hmm. There's so much space. In fact, there's so much space that if if we all found out and believed in the truth of there being so much space, there wouldn't be any more space for people trying to take the space away. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's, there's so much space and there's, mm-hmm. um, don't let this online world trick you into believing that, uh, you're not doing good enough. And I would also just like to say, you know, this next generation is the tech generation beyond, beyond words. And I do understand that. And that's valid. And that has, that has value and there's place for that. Absolutely. Um, but just a gentle reminder that you are not supposed to see strangers, millions upon and thousands and hundreds and dozens of strangers Every single day, like as a human being with a lizard brain, you're not supposed to be seeing 
the faces of people you don't know and taking in the opinions of people that you don't know and like the, the drama of their lives, um, it becoming emotionally invested. Like you're not, it's not, that's not normal. That's not real. And, uh, like as human beings, we only have so much capacity, like genuinely our brains can only hold so much. So just like give yourself a tech break <laughs> after a while, um, and understand that the internet is great. It's very much not real. And even the realest people on the internet are not showing you everything probably cause they can't, um, because you're not supposed to know their social security number and like their bank account info, like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But like, um, be wary that get better heroes as the great Bailey Syrian would say, but truly like, mm -hmm. just don't do not attach yourself to any right quote unquote right way to do it. Cause it doesn't exist. It's not, that's not a thing. Um, and anybody that tells you that you have to have this degree from this place or you have to have this training from this person, they are selling you a product <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. in a capitalistic and consumerist, uh, cult, country that we live in so truly and I'm not and I'm not like I'm not like yes am I a burn it all down absolutely but truly like abolitionist to my core 100% but what I'm saying um is you know hold fast to yourself because yourself is what started you in all of this and that mm -hmm. is enough and that will always be enough you're you are the seed that was planted at the beginning of your life and if you begin to like like put fire to that seed or you start like pouring like oil or gasoline on that seed, like where else can you go? You are the beginning and the end of your life and your life is a start date and an end date. So like enjoy the space between and do what you can and leave the world a better place than when you found it. That was so therapy good. is a beautiful yeah. thing. So good. Yeah, therapy is so amazing. Good. We love a therapy day. <laughs> I, I joke because I work the in truth. theme parks. I work in theme parks. So I always say, you know what's cheaper than annual passes to Disney and Universal? Therapy. <laughs> but Lindsay, thank you again. So where, can, where can folks find you online? And if they want to come see you in the Mean Girls tour, where can they get yes, tickets? Yes, 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 yes. Um, the Mean Girls tour is is I will be in the thing for, <laughs> for 12 months. Um, and that, I think it's just meangirls.com, meangirlsmusical.com, um, that there, or it might be Mean Girls Broadway, but it's just the tour info. Mm -hmm. Cause there's uh, rest in peace. There's no Broadway show anymore. Right. Um, I'm on social media at Lindsay Heather Pierce, Instagram. I don't remember what my Twitter is. Uh, I'm very rarely on it. So tread with caution um i'm on youtube under the same name it's just my name on pretty much everything and Lindsay makes really really it. lovely vlogs that just when i do like them <laughs> when you do them but when you do them it's when like, i have the I, capacity I to same, me me too yeah. <laughs> like where it's like you just feel like you're hanging out and like drinking a nice cup of tea so yeah i highly suggest giving them a watch thanks fred yeah Lindsay, I love thank you, you so much for I know miss you too. Um, thank you so much for coming on. And you know, if you ever have more ghosty stories, especially since the amount of theaters that you will be in, mm -hmm. please, please come back. I'd love to have I'm, you back. I would at any point just be like, and our field researcher, Lindsay Heather Pierce, is currently <laughs> at X Theater. And I'll be like, right, I'm coming to you live at the it's Cages in LA. It's Cages. It, it, it's chaos down here, Tom. It's chaos. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. Uh, hauntings. 
uh, out my ass. <laughs> I, you I, know, I actually, that will. sounds awful. We don't want that. <laughs> Between you and Gabe, that would be fantastic. <laughs> oh my God, yes, that's right. My God. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. Exit Stage Death is brought to you by Dreamer Productions. This episode was audio engineered and edited by Maddie Limerick. And our theme is Antisocial Dance Party by Brett Eagleston from the Let's Rewatch podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Stage Death Podcast. On Twitter at Stage Death Pod. And send us your favorite chilling theater stories at Stage Death Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Patreon.com at Dreamer Productions, where your donation of $2 a month keeps quality content coming your way on your favorite podcatcher app. Join us for more chilling true stories on the next episode of Exit Stage Death.